On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, we're getting hot and sweaty over Prince's Jungle Love, a song he wrote for the Times' third album, Ice Cream Castles, but was also featured prominently in the movie Purple Rain. And joining me on this episode to talk about Jungle Love is Farouk Ansari. Welcome back to the show, Farouk. Great to be back, Jason. Um, yeah, it's been a long time, hasn't it? A few years, a couple of years, maybe. A couple of years, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a little yeah. bit, but I've recruited you back to uh, to talk about a song that Prince wrote and recorded, gave to the time. Uh, we've got an, we've got a version, Prince's version, on the originals from 2019 to talk about, and that's what I've been doing for these originals episodes is really just focusing, honing in on the Prince versions of these songs. So like for Jungle Love, you know, the, the version that Prince recorded that was on originals that, you know, the, the basic track, the, um, the guide vocal track is relatively short. It's about three minutes long and it definitely, uh, does not include the guitar solo from Jesse Johnson that you could find on the album version. Um, so, but I mean, guitar solos that don't have anything to do with lyrics anyway, so it's really not, I don't think we're really missing anything by talking about Prince's version, the version from originals versus talking about the Times version of Jungle Love that was on Ice Cream Castles. Uh, what do you think? think yeah, recovered? I agree with you. I mean, lyrically, they're pretty much the same. I think the, the it's interesting, obviously, within the context of Ice Cream Castle, which was like I think was the Times breakthrough album. So yeah. Um and I believe Jungle Love was their highest charting single at the time, wasn't it? Until until Jerk Out, which came months yes. later. Yeah. So it was kind of a breakthrough hit. Um but yeah, you're right. I think focusing on the Prince version, which I really like actually. It's right it's one of the standout tracks on the originals album for me. Yeah, Jungle Love is just a, a funky song, period. I mean it's it's in the movie, it comes like very early on. It's the it's the song that they play right after the revolution gets off stage from performing "Let's Go Crazy," which is the song that opens the the movie. So right then and there, you're getting Jungle Love. You're seeing the time, you know, doing their thing. The "Bring Me a Mirror" uh, gag is happening there. Morris is preening on stage. Uh, the band is syncopated and tight they're they're throwing a party you know and and but the intention of jungle love in the film is to show how much of a crowd-pleasing band the time really is at first avenue in the film and why the time are the the, the band to beat if you're gonna like look at the the battle of the bands at first avenue they're the band to beat they they perform after the revolution so by default they're the headliners so and, and jungle love is you know they have to put a song right there to to kind of give the audience a feeling like yeah these guys are really good no wonder why the revolution is trying to get up to their level because this is a, a tight fun funky song that is an enormous crowd pleaser i think do you remember the first time you ever heard the song yeah well the first time i heard the song properly was when i first watched purple rain and i was a kid and yeah it's quite um quite an introduction isn't it to the time and to morris day and to jerome as well i mean i think like you say it's a proper crowd pleaser but also you kind of realize that that first avenue is is 
the Times crib, isn't it? They're, they're the guys who run it. This is what they do. They've got the crowd going crazy after Let's Go Crazy. Um, and that kind of sets the story, doesn't it, as, as Prince goes through his, or the kid, sorry, goes through his yeah, increasing... I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, he has his, his domestic issues and his artistic issues and his music kind of, you know, goes through peaks and lows, at least in the eyes of, you know, the um, the club owner and also the time. Whereas, you know, this sets the scene for the time being being the kind of establishment at First Avenue. And they now have rocked the crowd and Jungle Love has got the whole club moving. So it, it, it's a great intro. And like you say, it shows how tight a band the time are and were. And, you know, that whole routine with the mirror when Jerome Benton holds it up and he does his hair and the rest of it. I mean, that's that's still a part of their routine now, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah, that is, that is an indelible image. And it is something like... The Jungle Love in and of itself is probably the time's most recognizable song. Yes, technically, Jerk Out was, it, it reached higher on the charts, on the pop charts. Um, but I don't, you know, when I listen to 80s stations or classic stations, which I, you know, cringe having to say that, but it's the truth. Um, the time song that they play is Jungle Love, period. That's that's the song that you hear today, 40 years later, almost 40 years later, is Jungle Love. So I think it is their their most recognizable song. And it's it's likely the song that the most casual time fan or just pop music fan might know. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's like the archetypal time song. Um, it's the one that comes to mind, like not only just just sonically but visually as well i think that those guys being on stage in purple rain that's that's the image that comes to mind for me and like you say jerk out charted higher it's i don't know it's not it's not the best time song i don't think i mean i, I really like ice cream castle i think that's just brilliant and there's a few others as well some of the ballads but it's definitely the most archetypal the most recognizable the most iconic time track agreed Absolutely agreed. So just going uh, over a little bit of um, recording history, background of the song. So according to Prince Vault, Jungle Love was initially written by Jesse Johnson and with with some help from Morris Day. So, but then the very next sentence, Prince wrote the, it says, it clarifies that Prince wrote the lyrics and came up with the melody. So I, I'm curious what it is that Jesse brought to Prince when he presented this song to him as, you know, a potential song for whatever, um, for the time, I imagine. But yeah. I mean, Jesse had written it potentially for others in mind as well. And then he brought it to Prince and Prince was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Let's do something with this. But I'm curious what they presented if Prince had the lyrics. So it must have been an instrumental. And then it said Prince came up with the melody. So was it just like the guitar riff? Was it, uh, I, I don't know, a, a drum track? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I was trying to get to the bottom of this as well. So like you said, um, like all good Prince fans, I went to Prince Vault and read that as well. But the um, the the brilliant Tudal book about the sessions, I think it talks about Jesse Johnson bringing something to the studio on the night. And it, I don't know, I got the impression it was a piece of guitar work. And then... Which would make sense, because that's what Jesse yeah. was, was a guitarist. <laughs> 
that's it. Um, and then, like you say, Prince wrote the lyrics and came up with the melody. They were jamming till about 2 a.m. And they came up with um, Jungle Love. So I think Jesse and Morris were definitely involved in it. Uh, they both bought components, but Prince, in typical Prince fashion, was the was a maestro who put it all together. And interestingly, apparently after they finished with recording Jungle Love, um, Jesse Johnson went off at about 2 a.m. and recorded a track with Shalimar straight afterwards. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> quite an evening, uh, right? Yeah, quite an evening. These guys were prolific with a capital yeah, P. And, and never slept. It was that that part of the um, Purple Rain era where I think he was just coming out with with like so many songs every week every hour um it's uh, and that's why i think so many prince fans um of all ages i think look to this as one of the peak one of the creative and artistic peaks of his time because he was so prolific he had that whole you know he had the revolution thing going he had the time thing going he had all these side projects and i think he just had so many ideas at that time he just needed all these different all these different fronts all these different personas to get all that creativity out, um, which would, you know, culminate with stuff like Dreams and the Crystal Ball and Sun and the Times and Dream Factory, sorry. So, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's that part of that, that amazing creative period of, of what a lot of people would consider peak prints, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if we're looking at from a timing perspective, this was uh, the basic tracking took place in March of 83. So that is what we believe we have with the originals version. The originals version does include not just Prince. So like a lot of those songs on originals that, you know, Prince's guide vocal tracks or just the stuff that he gave to other artists to, you know, create their versions was often just Prince uh, doing everything. But this... Jungle Love has not just Prince, but it also has Morris Day and Jerome Johnson. Um, <laughs> Morris Day and Jesse Johnson. I was like, Jerome Benton, Jelly Bean Johnson, Jesse Johnson. So anyway, yeah, uh, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of J names in, in the time. And then to top it off, you got Jill Jones, who was also credited on the originals version with some background vocals. So you've got an interesting uh, uh, approach for, you know, one of those basic backing tracks that he was doing so once he did this you know he must have not must have he definitely had it in in mind for the time i mean just the way it's written the lyrics you can definitely tell uh at least i can that it was clearly written for the morris day character um with the way that the uh, the lines the all the come-ons and the you know the braggadocio that the the pompous uh, lover man attitude that Morris Day presented on stage in in the Purple Rain film, that was very clearly evident in when Prince was writing the lyrics. I think so. I can't imagine he had anybody else in mind for this song besides uh, Morris Day to perform it when he wrote the lyrics, at least. Yeah, I think that's spot on. If, even if you just read the lyrics, um, especially, I mean, if you've seen Purple Rain, um, then it just shouts out that Morris Day character, doesn't it? Um, just mm-hmm. The words he uses, just the concepts behind it, they're, they're kind of very, uh, very unsubtle. Um, like you say, <laughs> Braggadocio, <laughs> um, uh, the guy who's in control, old-fashioned, chauvinistic. Yeah, you know, there's all this talk about, you know, how certain elements of Purple Rain are quite misogynistic and that usually refers to Morris Day's character and yeah it's not 
it's not woke by any means is it <laughs> no not at all but uh you know it is like i said 40 years old at this point so we're we're recording and, this and yeah and it's tongue-in-cheek as well isn't it i think anyone yeah. who takes that seriously is 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 seriously misreading the character but also seriously not getting prince's sense of humor as well this is all mm. kind of you know he's definitely not a role model is he no no morris day is not a role model uh in purple rain and you know i mean he's he's portrayed as the villain because you're supposed to be rooting for the kid and so by default because morris day is his antagonist um you have to look at him as as a bit of a villain uh so in that respect it works because especially if you cringe or you roll your eyes at his some of his old-fashioned chauvinistic behavior and 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 you know the the playing himself up to be greater and better and more you know um, wealthy that he really is but that's all played for laughs i mean we all i get i get a kick out of those scenes where he's talking to apollonia in, in the club and talking about his brass water bed and uh you know his <laughs> all the things that he has and then he gives a big tip and then he tells jerome to go get his money back you know it's just it's all intentional um for for a laugh for sure totally yeah as you were saying that i was just about to mention the brass water bed as well so yeah <laughs> not just any water bed mind you um, okay so lyrically lyrically like Again, I don't think that there's going to be a lot to uncover here, so we'll just go through it and see what we yes. see. But at the same time, it's 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 just a fun, funky song. It doesn't have to have a deeper meaning or you know some some hidden um, you know something to to explore or to um, dive into. So you, you, at the start of the song, you've got um, Morse Day or Prince in the, the original's version making that kind of um, animalistic i don't know if it's an ape sound <laughs> yeah sound yeah. at the beginning which it's, it's which of course sets the tone yeah very yeah. primal very primal and that's one of the words that i wrote down when i was trying to think of words to kind of describe what jungle love is we'll get to that in the chorus I've been watching you. I think I want to know ya. Said now, I'm a little dangerous. Girl, I'd love to show ya. So that's just the first verse, you know, and I think it's just, I get imagery of just somebody who's kind of on the prowl. Like, that's a very, also very jungle analogy to be to be made here is animals on the prowl, uh, looking for yeah, their prey. Yeah, the word you're looking for maybe is predator here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and like you say, it is on one level, it is jungle imagery. But yeah, I, again, to me, in my mind, whenever I kind of hear this, I just picture Morris like being being like his his jungle is First Avenue, and he's in that club, and he's on the prowl, and there's Apollonia somewhere, and he's kind of stalking in there in a slightly disturbing fashion. Yes. Yes. I mean, there, there's the scene where he's telling Jerome, you know, when he, he's got some honeys on the side and he wants to make sure that 
he lets him know when Apollonia comes in so that he can, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, ditch them for her. Uh, so yeah, very, very predatory. I've been watching you. I think I want to know you. I'm a little dangerous. Uh, predators are dangerous by, you know, by definition. Um, mm-hmm. so that, that word fits perfectly for, so thank you. <laughs> thank you for that one. <laughs> I think, uh, Jason, the more we analyze this, the more, the darker it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can, it can be looked at dark. I mean, there's definitely some lines later in, in the song, but just yeah. the way it's performed kind of prevents it from being overly dark, thankfully. Oh, yeah, there, there is this kind of overarching layer of sort of um, tongue-in-cheek that pervades every aspect of the song, which which is probably a good thing, I think. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> I would definitely say. <laughs> My time's alive. So anyway, so as it goes from "I'm a little dangerous girl, I'd love to show ya my jungle love," oh e oh e oh, I think I wanna know ya, and there's some echoing there. Jungle love, girl, I'd love to show ya. So back to what I was kind of suggesting before is like, what is jungle love? What does that mean? Um, what is being implied by saying i want to show you my jungle love uh so some i just wrote down some words you know and i wrote down primal as as you had already kind of brought up i wrote down animalistic uninhibited so these are the types of love that uh, i think is being suggested that is going to be shown so really just kind of animal and when i say love obviously i mean sex yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, so let's, yeah. just, let's just, just make in that. case anyone was wondering. <laughs> just in case anybody was not clear that love in this song, I do not believe, um, is the the traditional, you know, romantic love that is. I don't think you're going for any deep Shakespearean notion of love there, is <laughs> No, I don't. I don't believe so either. This is very much a sexual song. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's kind of what I get. What what do you what do you think? Yeah, I, um, I I kind of agree with you. The the other word that comes to mind is wild, um, uh, along with animalistic and primal and the rest of it. And uh, yeah, and that's the whole. You know, you get wild at parties, right? Um, NPG and Prince had get wild a few years later down the line. So, but again, what they have in common is their big kind of boisterous party anthems, and it's all about letting your hair down, having a good time. I guess here it's kind of more focused, if that's the right word. In like you say, in in a slight, slightly aggressive but tongue-in-cheek sexual manner, right? Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think there's nothing. There is nothing hidden or multi-layered about ju- what jungle love is actually about here is there no I don't or about think so him either. loving to show you show you right right i agree i don't think that there is either and that's what he wants to show is his his animalistic side his primal side uh his wild side and and is uh, i think he's trying to basically say i'm not going to show you uh a, a you know a version of of myself that is not going to be over the top you know whatever your deepest darkest desires are that's what i can deliver one thing i wanted to note 
well, two things I wanted to know. One with the OEOEO. So I guess, and I read this somewhere and I didn't pick up on it myself, but it, I guess it could be considered similar to like Tarzan's yell. Uh, you know, when you think of the, the Tarzan yell, I'm trying to think of how it goes. Yeah. But it's kind of a, it's almost like a take on that. But I always kind of also heard the the chant from the Wizard of Oz. And I know it's different. That's O-E-O, O-O. And that's not the same thing. It's O-E-O-E-O. So it's much faster. So I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I get a little bit be, of both. That's a really good point as well. And the O-E-O, O-O was um, obviously kind of turns up a lot of Prince like performances, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a beautiful night. Yeah, sign of the times, exactly. Um, so, yeah, this is like a variation on a theme. Um, um, Wizard of Oz, that's an interesting connection. I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I know that better I like than it. I know Tarzan. So, yeah, um, I, I grew up watching Wizard of Oz. I didn't grow up watching Tarzan, although I'm very familiar with the Tarzan yell. Right. Somewhat yeah. familiar with it, but... And, and that makes more sense. There, there's the obvious, yeah, the, there's the jungle link, isn't there? And um, Tarzan was Lord of the Apes, so like King of the Jungle and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I can see how that makes conceptual sense. Yeah. Conceptually, it makes more sense than <laughs> the Wizard of Oz reference that I, yeah, that I cited. But I, I still hear it. I'm sorry, I can't not hear it, even if it's wrong. <laughs> I'm going to start um, hearing it now, I think. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry for anybody who <laughs> no, never, no, who no, never thought fun. of Wizard of Oz before when listening to the song. <laughs> yeah, it just adds a whole new dimension to to my understanding of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is, so Zach Hoskins, who has been on my show uh, a number of times and, and has a brilliant blog at uh, princetongs.org, it's his DMSR blog, where he breaks mm-hmm. down Prince Song one track at a time. He did an essay on Jungle Love a few years back, and he brought up uh, an interesting uh, topic around the term jungle and jungle being used uh, in reference to black music. So there's obviously racial connotations that can be applied to the song, especially when it's being performed by a black artist or black artists like The Time, written by a black man like Prince. Um, And it could be like princes or the times version of jungle boogie like cool and the gang's jungle boogie from the 70s that was yeah a song that zach cited as a potential inspiration for this song and just how you know it's that that whole raw primal um word that can be applied to uh, black music based off of just some maybe some originally some negative racial stereotypes and racial negative racial connotations, but then repurposed by the black community uh, to, to make it more positive, like jungle boogie or potentially jungle love. Uh, So I thought I should at least bring that up for anybody. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting angle, isn't it? And um, yeah, it's quite timely because like with um, Dimes and Pearls, super deluxe that just come on, come out. Um, there's a lot of a lot of the analysis around that is you know there was that time in Prince's career where he was trying to kind of I guess after the revolution and uh, and the more eclectic son of the times type stuff he was trying to get 
more of a black audience back to his music. And mm-hmm. so this is a few years earlier. But again, some people have kind of posited that, you know, the time was the outlet for a more black sound, whereas, you know, the revolution, a more racially diverse uh, I guess, act influenced by people like Wendy and Lisa. There was, uh, you know, there's more rock, there's more mainstream kind of daytime radio type stuff going on. So yep. the time was maybe an earlier vehicle for his expression of a blacker type of music, I think. And so maybe that kind of ties into to what you've just been saying as well. Yeah, I, I can't imagine Prince in the Revolution performing a song called Jungle Love. Uh, it just it doesn't it doesn't fit. I mean, Jungle Love was a crossover hit, so it's not like it didn't have the potential to be a pop radio hit. It definitely did and was, but its roots it's you not can just a, tell. It's not a it's, revolution track. Sure. No, it's not. Its roots are are clearly black music, not not pop music. It it just happened to be a an R and B or you know song that crossed over. Yeah onto pop stations and pop radio thanks to the success of purple rain and thanks to you know prince's um uh, mega stardom at the time where everything well almost everything sorry apollonia six's songs didn't quite get to mega stardom status yeah, but, that's such a shame. Um, uh, but jungle love definitely did and and you know there's there's reasons for that so right. anyway wanted to bring it up thought it was worthy of discussion a little bit for this song yeah, definitely. It's it's really good content. You, you got a pretty car. Think I wanna drive it, drive it. But it makes it out. I drive a little dangerous. Take it to the bank, break me off. then into the next next verse again like a lot of these verses are going to be very similar just going to be kind of talking about it's essentially as i mentioned before a bunch of come-ons you know morris day's character is is singing all these come-ons to this to this woman trying to get her to sleep with him uh you've got a pretty car think i want to drive it i mean you can take it take a look at that as um another little red corvette-esque uh analogy um metaphor yes. but i'll tell you say i'll drive a little dangerous take you to the crib rip you off jungle of i think the rip you off line is, is interesting because i think a lot of people think of rip you off meaning steal um that's i don't think that's what he means here is it no i don't think that's what he means either <laughs> i i always thought of it more as like does it mean like break you off like take you to the crib rip you off or like another slang term that maybe could be synonymous break you off basically uh fuck you good <laughs> yeah um yeah not not dissimilar to jack you off right <laughs> right not not necessarily the exact same thing but no no but but in a in the same ballpark i think yeah yeah definitely make make her feel good we'll just put it that way but drive a little dangerous is definitely you know another metaphor all this is like sexual innu- innuendo being being used here. You've got a pretty yeah, car it, to it drive always, it. Um, like you said earlier, it, th- this bit kind of I always see the similarities with the um, with, with with Little Red Corvette 
um, and you know the way you park your car sideways, um, drive a little dangerous. That this, yeah, the car becomes the focal point, and and the, the the kind of not very subtle analogy for what is actually on his mind. Right, right. Take you to the crib, rip you off. So definitely wants to take her home. Take take her to his place, ideally. But I guess it doesn't really matter. Just take you to the crib. Doesn't say my crib or your crib. Just take you to the crib, wherever. And um, I'll show you my jungle of. Uh, and that's basically what leads into the course again. Think I want to know yep. you, my jungle of girl. I'd love to show you. Come on, baby, where's your guts? You wanna make love or what? Oh, we are, we are. I will take you to my cage, like you are been hiding key. Then we get to the breakdown. Come on, baby, where's your guts? You want to make love or what? Um, so I, you know, I guess I'm, I'm getting out of this. Basically, uh, do you have do you have what it takes? Do you are you brave enough to to take me on? Do you want to do this yeah. or not? Do you have the guts to do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you get exactly to? that primal primal. Um, base instincts and yeah and it's not it's not even it's it's less of a question than a challenge isn't it yeah it's a bit confrontational like yeah he's not being coy he's basically challenging her um that's it like yeah and at this point you get the impression that if she says no then he's just like okay moving on you know i i i i shot my shot and you don't have what it takes in order to be with me, so I'm going to move on and try to find someone else because you don't have the guts to do it. Yeah, he's going to be back on the prowl if this doesn't happen mm-hmm. immediately. Exactly. After. Yeah. <laughs> if this doesn't pan out for him, he'll be back on the prowl. <laughs> I want to take you to my cage, lock you up, and hide the key. Bring only water, baby, because if you're hungry, take a bite of me. Um, so you know, there we go again with the with the cage and another another uh, very animalistic. This is a good one for that because what do we do with wild animals? We tend to lock them in cages because they're dangerous, um, and occasionally give them water if they're good. And <laughs> yep, bring them water because everybody every living creature needs water. And if and of course, then you've got to turn it into a come on as well if you're hungry take a bite of me so just you know kind of fun lines that fit the narrative fit the theme of uh, yeah yeah jungle fun, fun given that we've defined the context and we know this is all tug-in-cheek but again at face value this <laughs> this could be quite disturbing imagery right um yeah like turning somebody into a sexual slave yes that that would be exactly. disturbing yeah. <laughs> disturbing imagery if taken at, as you said, like surface face value, don't understand yeah. the context, um, just reading the lyrics, not understanding how the character of Morris Day is portrayed and has been portrayed, all of that could be lost and just like somebody reading it would be potentially shocked, maybe not horrified, but potentially horrified by how misogynistic oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. these lyrics well, kind of come off. 
exactly and this is like classic 80s prince you know um and remember yeah it is morris day but morris day is just a construct of prince like the time is just a construct of prince and they're they're just facets of various persona that are playing out in prince's minds and so and and this is the thing like i think if you get prince you find this hilarious and quite creative and it's it's an insight into his his impish sense of humor but if you don't you go down the tip of your path and start talking about censorship because he's he's you know morally morally um outrageous and a bad role model and so on and so actually I think this verse is 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 kind of a microcosm of all that moral um, outcry and moral debate around what Prince meant um, vis-a-vis mainstream media and representation and the rest of it. So, yeah, it's it's on one on one level, it's this this kind of primordial animalistic buffoonish pimp character that is Morris Day but actually with a bit more analysis it's quite telling because it's an insight into how Prince was playing around with his music but also with his public persona and and how he's playing around with the media and and the public at the same time absolutely yeah well said I think uh, you nailed it the song is that and the fact that there's so many different facets of of Prince's uh, writing ability, that he can write a song like this for the time, which, as you mentioned, is just a facet of himself, an extension of his own personality, an extension of his own creativity, and then you know turn around and write a song like um, you know Sex Shooter, which is just dripping with sexuality, but from a female perspective. Um, and then also write something very heartfelt and and emotional like Purple Rain or The Beautiful Ones, uh, bombastic pop music with rock elements. It's just, yeah, this, this period of his career is just so impressive to me for so many reasons. Yeah. And then, you know, the glamorous life. I mean, we haven't even touched on Sheila E.'s debut album, which came out same year and he was writing all this stuff at the same time so uh, you've read yeah. the book the Dwayne Tudal Purple Rain Sessions book and you're just flipping the page after page like oh my god today he wrote <laughs> Jungle Up <laughs> the next day he wrote Glamorous Life the next day he wrote Sex Shooter you know and, and then oh he had to fill the space in the, for a montage scene in Purple Rain so he wrote When Doves Cry it's like holy shit this dude <laughs> oh yeah yeah so I impressive. mean reading, reading that book is exhausting just um just thinking about how much intellectual and creative and physical effort must have been like coursing through his veins at this time it's it's almost it's kind of pretty superhuman isn't it but it is an artist at the peak of their powers uh, you know like people talk about mozart and um yeah I, I recently read this book called Dickens and Prince, and it was drawing parallels between Charles Dickens mm-hmm. and Prince. And actually, there's lots of similarities in their lives, but the main one is just, these guys just never stopped. Uh, they just kept creating things, and, and not just, you know, not just filler. All of this stuff is good. Like you say, there's just huge reigns, and, you know, these lyrics are, like, really basic, but it's not because he has a basic vocabulary, or he, he is only, like, has a single-minded obsession about writing really rock hard funk that's obsessed with sex right it's just it's the same guy who wrote when doves cry and purple rain and then would go on to write 
sign of the times. You know, this is just an incredible range and versatility and and creativity and showmanship. I think this is why, you know, so many of us just think Prince is one of the greatest, if not the greatest musicians ever. Amen. Amen. I think uh, you nailed it again. This is the this is just an example of what he can do to fill a need for a band that uh, you know is basically an extension of himself. It needs to bring down the house. It needs to be funky and fun and sexy, and it needs to be catchy. Uh, the song is super catchy. Um, I don't think there's any question. Like you can sing along to this entire song. A lot of people just sing along to the chorus and do the oe oe o, and they'll do some of the the affectations like yes, you know, <laughs> more stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody bring me in there. got the somebody bring me a mirror you know and you can do all that stuff and if you watch the movie enough you can even do the dances if you've got to memorize the the morris and jerome dance that they do after the mirror part yeah it's all just fun you know and yeah and it's and so iconic it's harmless yeah i think the song is harmless so anybody who overthinks this song and thinks it's misogynistic or problematic is is overthinking it and also not understanding the context yeah i completely agree they are like you say they don't get the context they don't understand prince and they probably have an agenda somewhere i think yeah. as well um so yeah like you say it's a great song it lends itself well like it works well on record it works great on video it's amazing live it's almost made for the whole call and response thing isn't it the chorus and the verse there's something so simple so catchy and yet so tight about it it's brilliant mm -hmm. agreed and then we don't get it in the originals version but but jesse rips on guitar in the song too um and unfortunately like on in the purple rain version the live version that's played in purple rain it starts to fade out as the transitions yeah. from that scene to the next scene during jesse's guitar um but you know you gotta and of course the uh, the single edit doesn't include that either because the album version is over five minutes long so they truncated that for the single edit the single edit also eliminates jesse's guitar solo so uh, poor guy um brought yeah, the melody brought the song to a, prince <laughs> and he gets shafted and, and it's it's a great solo as well it, it yeah. actually like it, it gives the song another little lease of life towards the end of things mm -hmm. Agreed. So there isn't much else with Jungle Love. I mean, it's just a lot of repeating <laughs> of the, the same lines. Um, Jungle Love, oh, we, oh, we, oh. Uh, so from that perspective, there there isn't really much else to talk about, Farouk. So do you have any um, additional thoughts or comments you wanted to, to bring to the table? Um, nothing hugely profound, to be honest, a bit like the song. But again, I think it's 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 fun it's it's one of those for me it's one of the iconic prince moments of the 80s in though it's the time but it's but it's part of that whole whole big purple rain movement that swept all before it um and yeah it's simple and it's like it's very crude it's very direct but actually 
if you dig a little bit below the surface and you know a little bit about Prince, it's actually a really fascinating insight into his reigns and also his sense of humor. And it's one of the songs I just love. I've had it like playing in my mind whilst we've been doing this whole recording and probably will. We'll have it there for the rest of the evening in a good way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that we have two versions three really three versions to enjoy if you want to talk about the album version the radio edit and then prince's version from originals um i would love to hear whatever i mean i don't i don't know if it exists but if it did exist i would love to hear the version the instrumental version that jesse brought to prince yeah yeah uh, whatever it was 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 it just a guitar solo was it was it a guitar line who knows yeah I don't know, but it must have been enough. It must have been enough for Prince to be intrigued because he he definitely uh, decided this was something that he wanted to flesh out and and pursue. So uh, yeah, it must have been must yeah. Well, have been good. Uh, apparently, apparently, he, Prince was in a very bad mood during that studio session, according to the Two Double Book. He was mm-hmm. giving his sound engineer a very hard time, and he was in complete perfectionist mode. But it's it's one of those things, you know, for a Prince fan, it's like you'd have loved to be a fly on the wall when all this stuff was happening. Yep, for sure. Can only wish. <clears throat> and yeah. thankfully, we have that we have the books and and you know the um, the people that were there that are still around that can tell the story. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the great things, isn't it? That it's so well documented and there's so many so many people doing brilliant work like Tudal. Like his book, just incredible. Um, so much research, so thorough, so diligent, and just a great read as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I don't really have anything else to talk about in terms of Jungle Love either, so I guess this will be it for this episode. Um, thank you, Farouk, for joining me again. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, I've really enjoyed it, and it's always great to talk to you, Jason, so thanks. You're welcome, and I think we'll have to do it again soon. <laughs> I look forward to it any time, mate. All right, and this has been the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show at presserwine.net. You can also find the show social media on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, X, a.k.a. Twitter, and YouTube. And until next time, thank you very much, and goodbye.